wonderful privilege it is for us to lift his holy name. It's such a privilege to be here with you this morning and be in this camp. And we'd like to thank Brother Bisco and Brother Tom for extending the invitation to us. And just to be here in this anniversary meeting for many of people, but also for myself. It's just a real privilege and a real honor to be here. It's a privilege to be here with my with my parents and also my wife and my children. It's just a real privilege to be here with you all. But the greatest honor that I have in all of my life is to be a Christian and to be a part of Him. That's the greatest honor that I have. And I thought last night was so wonderful, and I trust that you mark that place. I'll tell you that I, ten years ago I marked a place. I marked that place so much that that everywhere I go, I carry a picture of where I marked the place. So that if the devil ever whispers in my ear that I never met God, I just point back to this spot. And I say, devil, look here. I marked the place. Oh, hallelujah. What a wonderful time it is to be a son and daughter of God. And before we go towards the word this morning, I want to just say something to you. I believe this message with everything that is within me. Unreservedly, I give myself to this message, for I recognize that this message has the power of Almighty God behind it. This is not a message that just came from Jeffersonville, but this is a message that came from glory. And if you sit here this morning and you have a need, I want you to know that that same God is here this morning to speak to your hearts. Amen. Do you love Him this morning? Amen. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, we will turn to two portions of Scripture this morning. Over in the book of Daniel, chapter 7 and verse 27. We'll just read one Scripture there. And then also down to Second Kings, chapter 3 and verse 16. Amen. We just love the Lord with all of our hearts this morning. Daniel, chapter 7 and verse 27. And before we, before we read, as you're turning and making your way there, let's just speak to the author of his, this holy word. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, Lord, this morning, Lord Jesus, recognizing that we are approaching the throne of grace, Lord, this morning. And Lord Jesus, we, we humbly approach you, Father, and ask God that today that you would have your own way in our lives and that that you would brood across your people, Father, and Lord, minister to your children, Father, that have gathered here, Father. Lord Jesus, this is more than a meeting, Father. This is an announcement from heaven that you have come down to deliver your children, Father, to bless your children. We pray that you'd have your own way, Father. Lord, those that have a need in body, Father, this morning, I'd ask, God, that you would just extend your hand of mercy and your healing touch to them, Father. For every camper that is here, for every counselor that is here, may you minister them to even those that are there in the, that are part of being a chef here this weekend. Lord, I pray that you would reach out and bless them for their works and minister to them, Father. 
Lord, we're expecting great things, Father. Lord, as the eagle makes it nest high up and Father, Lord, we have come with high anticipations and we are expecting great things here this morning. So we invite you, Father, to come and take control of this service. And Lord, may the mighty angel step into this building here just now, Father, and speak to your children, Father. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Father, not only the speaker, but the hearer, Father, have thine own way in this service. And we be careful to give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 27. And this morning I'd like to speak to you on a little thought that the Lord has placed on our heart. On the kings have come to fight. The kings have come to fight. We read here in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. How many here is the people? How many are here are the people of the Most High? Whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey Him. Second Kings chapter 3 and verse 16. you have it, if you would, say amen this morning. Amen. Second Kings chapter 3 and verse 16. And the word says, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water. That you may drink both ye and your cattle and your beast. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city and every choice city. And shall fell every good tree and stop all wells of water. And mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered. That, that behold there came water by the way of Edom. And the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward and stood in the border. May God bless his word. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the almighty God. I find it so amazing that that we the people of God have been placed here in this time and We're here living out the fullness of the dispensation of time. And we're here finishing out the work of Almighty God. And yes, it's the darkest time and one of the most dismal times. But yet, it's the most grandest time that that man has ever had the opportunity to live upon the face of the earth. And even our prophet said that if he would have an opportunity to pick where he would go, he would choose this day. For this is the greatest day that mankind has ever seen. And I find it so amazing that it's the most wonderful time for sons and daughters of God to, to be living here and recognize that God has chosen us to be His people. And while the world was doing their thing and, and while they were going their way, yet in your life there was something that was laying there that, that you couldn't satisfy with the world and you couldn't satisfy with, with filthy living and things. And yet you couldn't explain what it was. But yet there was something that was laying on the inside of you that was crying for expression. And that was that gene seed of God 
God that was that was crying out and you tried to satisfy it with different things and you tried to go this way and you tried to go that way but yet you could not go that way because there was something that was laying there and I believe that this morning that that is what has called you here. I don't believe that it was an invitation across the internet or, or an invitation from Brother Ray or Brother Biscoe but I believe that Almighty God set up this meeting before the foundation of the world so that you could come closer to God and that God could just put His mind in your life. I find it so amazing that God placed us in this hour and in this time and He and He did that for a reason to, to fulfill His purpose in this hour. Now the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 2 and 21 that, that He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and He sets up kings. You see, in the Bible we recognize that Saul was removed as being a king. But David was set up as being a king. And in these services, that is the same exact thing that is taking place. There is a removing of a king, and there is a setting up of a king. There is a kingdom that has come down. And we have received a kingdom that cannot be shook. Oh, hallelujah, we look over in the Bible and we see that even the Hebrew kings necessarily they were not did not rule necessarily in their own right or even in the name of the people that that had chosen them but they were servants and, and representatives of almighty jehovah god which is the true king of israel and we notice that the title king is applied to jesus christ who is the king he's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords and the bible tells us that the people of god are also called kings the bible tells us, John said, that He hath made us kings. Oh, Brother Branham said in the church age book, what a marvelous thing. He hath made us. We didn't make ourselves this way. We didn't build ourselves this way. Salvation is His doing. Deliverance is His doing. We are here and we reign over a spiritual kingdom as sons and daughters of God. We reign over a spiritual kingdom. But yet we do not have power within our own self to do anything. But yet we have authority. We have the seal of God which is the badge of authority that is placed upon our lives. Necessarily we don't have power to stop anything. But yet we have authority to call the one that has all power in heaven and in earth down on the scene to come and take control of our situations. And I don't care what you came to this camp with, what your circumstance is, what your situation is. Let the King of Kings come and deal with your life. And you'll leave here and you'll never be the same. But you've got to fight for it. Hallelujah. You see, you have a right as a son and daughter of God, to enforce that authority. I, as an American citizen, I have certain rights. You, as a Canadian citizen, have certain rights. I, as an American citizen, have the right to bear arms. I have the right to the freedom of speech. I have the right to the freedom of religion. I have the right to freedom to live where I want to. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God, I have God-given rights. It is my right this morning to lay a hold of every promise in the book. I can say every chapter, every verse is mine this morning. I have a right to cast out devils in the name of Jesus Christ. I have a right to worship my God in spirit and in truth. I have a right. 
I have a right this morning. You this morning have a right to lay a hold of every redemptive blessing of God. I say this to you, sons and daughters of God. You have a right to worship the true and living God. Don't let no devil stop you. Don't let no circumstance stop you. You've got a right to worship God. But if you want to worship God, you've got to fight for it. You've got to fight past the slumber. You've got to fight past the circumstance. You've got to fight for it. But I believe this morning that the kings have come to fight. I hope you don't mind if I take off my jacket. I've got to swing my sword a little bit more easily if you don't mind. But we find over in the Bibles that we recognize that God made a promise to the children of Israel. And we recognize that He gave them a land and He told them that it, that it was their land. He made the promise. He made the promise, but yet they had to fight for it. He didn't just go over there and kick out the Amorites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all the dirty websites. But you got to go out there and you got something to do. Our prophet said, you've got a job to do. You've got to fight for it. You see, you recognize that God has given these things to you and He's gave you a promise, but yet you've got a job to do. You've got to go and possess those things that God ordained you for in this hour. You see, He made a a promise to Abraham that he would have a child, but Abraham had to maintain the faith in that promise. He had to fight for it. You see, God's got amazing grace to save you, but you've got to fight for it. God's got power to heal you, but you've got to fight for it. God's got everything you have need of this morning, but you've got to fight for it. How many here this morning is willing to fight for your God-given rights? All of hell, I want you to recognize every hand that went forth at this hour. We have come to do battle. Hallelujah. Every promise in the book is mine. And I happen to believe that you are here for such an hour as this. So you see, God made the promise. And as long as God made the promise, it's just a promise. But yet when you go and you take that promise and you make it yours, it's no longer a promise. It's a possession. It's a possession. You see, you see, he promised them that land. But yet when they went in there and they took over that land, it was more than a promise. It's a possession. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's a promise. But yet... When you take on it, hallelujah, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, it's more than a promise. It's a possession. The Bible tells us that there is a time when kings go forth to battle. And I believe that this is the time when spiritual kings are going forth to battle. They're battling and you're battling demonic powers and demonic spirits. And if you'll recall over in the Bible in Joshua chapter 10, you'll remember that there was a son of God that needed more time to defeat his enemy. So Joshua called and he stopped the sun and he stopped the moon in its place because he needed more time to deal with his enemy. And so we recognize that Joshua went out. He went out and he chased his enemies. And he chased the kings. The Bible said that he chased kings into the mouth of a cave. And then he came back. And then he dispatched men. He dispatched men to put their foot upon the neck of that king. 
Now you have been given a special time this weekend. You have asked God, may I have a time that I could deal with my devil, that I could deal with the things and all the skeletons in my past. Well, you have come to this camp, and God has given you a time away from Laodicea. He's put you in this hour to deal with the kings that have come and to try to destroy your enemy, to try to destroy you. But this is your time to rise up and possess your inheritance. This is your time. I'd say if you're dealing with something, I'd put your foot. I'd put your foot on king depression. I'd put your foot on king suicide. I'd put your foot on king homosexuality. I'd put your foot on king depression. I'd put your foot on king unbelief. I'd put your foot on king denomination. And I'd destroy your devil right here and in this hour. If you defeat him right now, you can go forth in the rest of this camp in a time of peace, preparing for a time of war. You see, the devil's not going to attack you necessarily while you're sitting here with the saints of God. Anybody can praise God right here. Anybody can worship God in this place. But when you get on the outside of those gates and all hell comes knocking at your door, when all hell comes knocking at your door, do you have the goods to stand toe-to-toe with the devil? Our prophet had the goods to stand there, toe-to-toe with the devil. And, the, and he read last night that none, not one speck of fear ever struck my heart. You can have that same exact thing today. Fear is a liar. It's a tormentor. Destroy that devil. Put your foot on the king's neck this morning. Hallelujah. Now we go back to our scripture reading. And we find that, that over in, in chapter 3 of 2 Kings that, that we see and recognize that a rebellion of Moab is taking place. And Jehoram, the son of King Ahab, and, and his mother Jezebel. What a set of parents. He put away, we recognize that Jehoram, the Bible said that he put away the images of his parents' gods. But yet he still cleaved Unto the sin of Jeroboam. And you see, Jehoram recognized that, that Moab ha- has rebelled after Ahab's death. And Jehoram goes before the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and said, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? So we recognize that there is an allegiance of three kings that have come together. The king of Israel and, and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible said that Jehoshaphat was the only one that was righteous amongst them. And how easy it is to get ourselves yoked up with unbelievers sometimes. It's so easy to get yoked up with unbelievers. They'll talk us into doing different things. But yet I believe that God is going to have a witness no matter the situation or the battle. Now our prophet said before any battle can be put in array, there first has to be a choosing place or a meeting ground or a place where the battle is to be fought and selected. And we see that the, these three kings that came together, they chose to go through the wilderness of Edom. And they said, which way shall we go? And they, they chose that way. And our prophet told us in the greatest battle ever fought that the greatest battle ever fought starts right here in our mind. It starts right here, but it does not stay right there. You see, God chose the heart, but Satan chose the mind. 
And even right now, if you'd recognize that you are battling for heavenly places, the believer's position in Christ Jesus. And you see, if Satan can ever get you to doubt who you are, then he's got you whipped. He's got you whipped. He will battle you in your thinking. He will battle you, he will battle you on who you are with mind games or you never should have done this or you shouldn't have done that or you know God will never forgive you and God will never forget that. But I find that if you would have this type of victory this morning, I think one of the greatest victories that I have found as a son and daughter of God that I've recognized, I've recognized that Satan is not afraid of me as a man. That's a great victory when you recognize that Satan is not afraid of you as a man, but as a son of God. But as a son of God. Oh, hallelujah, when a son and daughter of God recognize their position in Christ, war is open on hell. And when you recognize that Satan's not afraid of you as a man, but as a son and daughter of God, Yes, he's going to attack you. Yes, he's going to put things in your mind. And you need to immediately recognize that those are not your thoughts, but he's sending those thoughts by your way. Yes, he's going to attack you. Yes, he's going to tell you you're no good. But the Bible tells us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God and bring into captivity every thought under obedience of Christ. Bring it down. Captize that thing. Say, devil, this is not your life. Take your hands off of God's property. You've got to fight for it. The Bible tells us now are we the sons of God. Not one day out in the future. Not someday coming. But right now are we the sons of God. You see, I can preach it to you till I'm blue in the face. The preacher, the pastor can preach it till he's blue in the face. But you must believe in God, but you also have got to believe in yourself. You see, if you don't believe it, the preacher can't talk you into it. If you don't believe it, your mama can't talk you into it. If you don't believe it, your friends can't get you through it. But you've got to believe that God placed you as a son and daughter of God, and you have authority as a son. You see, the devil is going to attack you, and that is where he spends most of his time is attacking is attacking your identity. He attacks your identity and tells you you're not this, and he tells you you're not that. He, he's going to tell you that you're not good enough. He's going to tell you that you're not qualified. He's, he's going to tell you you're not elected. He's, he's going to tell you you're not good enough. You can't overcome. You can't be victorious. You, can, you can't do this, and you can't do that. You can't be healed. You can't be victorious. You can't overcome. He's going to tell you those things. Prepare for it. He's going to say those things. But if the devil's tell, telling you anything, recognize that the devil is a liar and anything that is coming out of his mouth is a lie. If the devil tells you that you're not good enough, that means that you are good enough. If the devil tells you you're not elected, that means you are elected. If the devil tells you you're not predestinated, that means you are predestinated. If the devil tells you you can't be healed, that means you already are healed. If the devil tells you you can't be victorious, that means you're already in victory. Oh, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am persuaded. Hallelujah. Turn everything the devil tells on you. 
Turn it on him. The gospel is positive. The gospel is not negative. You have been given a weapon to defeat the devil with. The word of God will whip the devil any time, any place, any circumstance, any situation, any complex, any depression. The word of God is greater than anything that you can face here. I didn't come here to tell you about myself. I've come to tell you about King Jesus that rules and reigns. And He has all power in heaven and in earth. Whatever you face, young people, recognize that Almighty God is greater than anything you're going through. Hallelujah. You see, God, through the ministry of Malachi 4, the ministry of Elijah has been restoring and placing man right back. Placing man in his position. You see, the enemy wants to keep you from recognizing who you are. And recognizing who he is. And who Christ is. And where you came from. And where you're going. Well, I know where I came from. The Bible tells me that I came from the mind of God. Jesus said, I came from God. I'm going back to God. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I know where I came from, so I know where I'm going. You see, the devil wants to keep you from recognizing who you are. Because he recognizes that if the true church gets a revelation of who she is and what she stands for, she can and will be an invincible army. That means you will be a people that is too powerful to be defeated. I'm just quoting to you Malachi 4. I'm quoting to you the greatest message that has ever went around this world. Yes, he's going to fight you. He's going to fight you to the day that you die. But the reason that Satan hates you and hates this word is because this word places you in your position. And it tells you who you are. And though you may have lost your position, you were always a son. Yeah, you may have fell in sin. You may have done something you shouldn't have done. Oh, hallelujah. But you always was a son. You look over in the Bible in Luke chapter 15, you'll recognize that Jesus is laying out a parable about three things. He's laying about the lost sheep and he's laying about the lost coin and the prodigal son. You see, you see, before the sheep was lost, it always was a sheep. Before the coin was lost, it already had the implant. It already had the imprint and the stamp upon the coin. It was chosen to be a coin. The sheep was a sheep before it was lost. And the prodigal son always was a son before he went out there and he spent all his father's living. You always were sons and daughters of God. You were born for it. Think about that. Jesus preached an election to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, when you claim you are a son, war is open on hell. You can't think, well, I, well I'm going to give my life to God and everything's going to be easy and everything's going to be okay. When you go forth and you claim you're a son of God, every target of hell is pointed towards you. But recognize that there is a power that sets on the throne room of your heart that's greater than anything that you can ever face. 
I made him a promise many years ago that as long as he was with me, I'd do his work. I want you to know this, young people. He's never failed me. He made me a promise that he'd never leave me. And he'd never forsake me. What'd you come to camp for this weekend? You came here for one purpose. To meet him. And he's here. He's here. The God of this message did not die. The God of this message is still here. Elijah's God is in us today. You'll recognize in our scripture reading, we recognize that that three kings have journeyed and they've made their way. And they have chosen a way which they know that there's going to be water upon. You see, water is a key component to living. They say that you can go without two or three days without having water. I don't want to try it. But if you do not have water, you recognize your veins will shrivel up and your body will just shut down. And so we see these kings as they're going through the wilderness of Edom. They are taking a route which they know there's going to be water, but when they get there, there's no water. They've made a seven-day journey. They've got no water. They've went over a hundred miles. Isn't that the same way that it's been for the seven church ages? There had been no life. But in the last day, in the last day there has been a restoration of life again. That God has come down and declared Himself amongst His people. But they've been on a journey. They've been on a journey. And the king of Israel stood up and said, Hath the Lord called these kings together to deliver them into the hands of the enemy? And Jehoshaphat, the only righteous one amongst them, said, Is there not a prophet of the Lord? Woo! Is there not a prophet of the Lord in the land? You see, God always has a witness. And the Bible said that a servant of Israel spoke up and said, There be one Elisha that poured water on the hands of Elijah. The same one that walked down there with Elijah on the, on the banks of Jordan. And he stood there and he said, Where be the God of Elijah? And he took the mantle and slapped the water and he walked across. I say this to you, Where be the God of Elijah? He's here today. There's going to come a time when they say, was there a prophet down in Laodicea? Yes, there was a prophet. But I believe that there was a word that came forth in this hour to prepare a people to leave this chaos. This word has brought order to this chaos. And the kings went down to Elisha. You see, they've had no water, which is a key component for them to defeat their enemy. They've got no water to, to, to strengthen themselves. And they've got no water. They've got no water to water their camels or their horses or their armies. But I find it so amazing that these unbelievers, yet that, that they still know where to run to. It's simply amazing that when people get in trouble, they know where to run to. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Tom. That when people, when all of a sudden they get sick and they get a report from the doctor that they're not going to make it, they know where to run to. Come on, somebody. They're not running out there to somebody that's, that's a mamsy-pamsy, penny-wasted preacher. They come to where they know life is. They know where to run to. I find it so amazing that when people get in a bad spot, they still know where to run to. 
this morning there is a place that you can run to for life. And if you have not found life, run with everything that's within you. This Word has the strength. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Elisha told Jehoram when he gets there, when the three kings get before him, Elisha told Jehoram, he said, why don't you just get down there? Why don't you get down there back to the serving the gods of your mother and your father? Get back down there to the images of Baal. The prophet was a little bit. He, his righteous indignation done got stirred up that day. Because unbelievers know where to run to. He done got all stewed up. And he said, if it were not for Jehoshaphat, who I regard, I would not even look towards you, and I would not even see you, but yet because I regard Jehoshaphat as a righteous man. He said, bring me a minstrel. You see, the prophet knew about setting up an atmosphere. He'd read about, he'd read about and recognized that there's something about music when music is played. Even King Saul, when the evil spirits came to torment him, David came in and played music and the evil spirits left him. Elisha is standing here and he says, bring me a minstrel. He recognized, he recognized that there was something about setting up an atmosphere. Are you with me this morning? There's something about setting an atmosphere that when you come into the house of God, you lift your hands and you defy gravity and you set an atmosphere for Almighty God to come and bless you. And Elisha's sitting there and he's done got worked up. Have you ever had a day like that when you just got worked up? You've had a bad hair day. Your hair's every which way from Monday and you don't know which way's right. And you just say, my goodness, this is just a bad day. You just, have you ever had one of them days? But you recognize, I want you to know if you could just recognize, just to take a step back. Say, wait a minute, something ain't right here. I, you know, I have learned one thing in my Christian walk, that if things ain't going right, and things just seem bonkers, that if I can just take a step back and say, the enemy has come up against me. That there's something going wrong if I can just set an atmosphere. I want you to know never one time has it failed me that when I begin to praise God, that God comes down on the scene. You see, the Bible tells us that He inhabits the praises of His people. And if you go to praising Him, come on somebody, He will come down and bless your heart. Now, it's one thing in humankind, every person sitting here, there's a little bit of this thing called pride that's in your life. It's a little bitty thing that's sitting there. That when somebody goes to talking about you or saying something that you did and it was a mighty work, you kind of get, yeah. You puff your chest out and say, yeah, I was there. I was there when that happened. Yeah, I, I was amongst that. You know, when you go to talking about somebody and bragging on somebody, you know, they just kind of, it just comes out of it. I, I was there. I seen it happen. Um, this is for the older generation in the background. Wives, you want to go, you want to see your husband do something, just go start to bragging on him. Oh, yeah. Just go to bragging on him and you say, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. You want to see me carry two baskets of laundry? Watch this. 
He throws it up there. Just go to bragging on somebody and they'll get puffed up and they'll do something greater than what they've done in the past. Oh, it's the same way with God. You go to talking about God and what He did for Abraham, what He did for Moses, what He did for Elijah. You stand back and watch God say, Yes, I was there. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Watch me. Watch me do work. Oh, hallelujah. Just go to praising Him when things ain't right, when things ain't good, when things ain't peachy. Just go to praising Him. Oh, hallelujah. Elisha said, bring me a minstrel. And the Bible said that when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Oh, there's a move of God. There's a move of a spirit of evil that wants to come into the camps of the message and says that we shouldn't have emotion no more. That's, that's a devil. That'll tell you that you shouldn't get worked up and you shouldn't get excited. Brother Branham said that if your religion ain't got no emotion to it, bury it. Because it's dead. Brother Branham said he was talking to a doctor one time. And the doctor was telling him, said those people are just excited. He said, well, there's got to be something there to excite them. He said, if you was walking down a dark alley and there was nothing there to scare you, you wouldn't be scared. But if there was something there that would scare you, it would excite you. He said, the reason that those people are excited, it's because the Holy Spirit is there exciting them. Oh, I say cut down that devil that tells you you shouldn't have emotion, that you shouldn't have a Pentecostal experience. The reason why preachers stand there and say that you shouldn't have a Pentecostal experience is because they never had one in their whole life. That's all right. I know when I'm standing on God's Word, I can preach if you don't say amen. I can stand here. I can stand here when I know God gives me something to say. I can say it with authority and power. Strike that devil and cut him down. Just go to praising God and watch what God does. But when the vision came, what did the vision tell him? He didn't tell them to go out there and shine up their armor. He didn't tell them to go out there and polish up their armor, get a longer knife, train the army, get a better uniform. What did he tell them? Get out there and get to digging. Don't grab a sword. Don't grab a shield. Grab a shovel. And just start digging. You see, you see, they were needing water. And the prophet, when the minstrel played, the vision broke. You see, the prophet, he could not see nothing until he got in the Spirit. But once he got in the Spirit, the vision broke. You see, if you never get in the Spirit of this Word, you'll never see any importance to this Word. But one time, get in the Spirit. One time get in the Spirit and watch God open up the revelations of this Word and start dealing with your life. He said, get out there and get to digging. Get out there and get to digging. He said, you won't see wind. And you won't see rain. But yet the water will be there. Dig deeper. You want a revival in your home? Dig deeper. You got circumstances in your life? Dig deeper. Oh, you may be sitting here and you don't know about all this that's taking place. Just dig down. Dig down past that old log that said that the days of miracles is past. Dig down past that thing. 
Dig down fine. Dig down there and strike that thing. And clean out the channels. Brother Branham said the channels of God's blessings is all stopped up tonight. He said Jesus cleaned it out for them at Calvary. But they come right back in around and throw logs back in there again. You see, if you've ever watched the creek, how it'll dam up, you know. That if a log is sitting there, all this, all the sod and all the mud starts coming down there and it starts blocking up. It starts blocking up the channels of that water from flowing. And Brother Branham said that the reason why the channels have blocked up, he said we've got too many beaver preachers damming up the waters again. He said, but let the Holy Spirit come in there and you start to dig it and dig out those logs that have hit there. If there's something in your life, dig it out. I come here to tell you, kings have come to fight. Go to digging this morning. Dig out the sin. Dig out the things that you're hiding. Dig out those things. Dig it out. Now I want you to notice this. Notice this statement. Brother Branham comes in humble thyself in 1963. After the seals have been released. After he's met the seven angels there. And he says, for myself, I'm preaching to myself. I'm going to start digging deeper than I ever dug. I can follow a man like that. A man that was not lifted up. A man that was not boastful in what he'd seen and what he'd done. But a man that would say, as for me and myself, I'm going to dig deeper than I ever dug. If our prophet could stand there and could say, I'm going to dig deeper than I ever dug, how about us? How about you? Why don't you dig a little deeper in the promises of God? Maybe you can't find the answer, but I promise you keep digging and God will give you the answer. Oh, the world don't like this statement, but every question that you have can be answered by this message. The reason why you can't find the answer is because you never went searching for it. But you one time searched for life. And life will start coming for you. What are you going to do after this camp? I'm going to dig. What are you going to do, Brother John? I'm going to dig. What are you going to do, Brother David? I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig with everything that is within me. I'm going to dig out those things that says the message ain't real. Dig it out and let the channels of God start flowing over your life. Maybe you're sitting here and you got scars in your life. You got to fight past those scars. Maybe you got fear in your life. You got to fight past that fear. You had scars. You got scars in your life. Human beings are scarred. You've got to fight past it. You say, Brother Andrew, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. Walk up one time. Walk up and kneel down and say, God, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. I'm so scarred. i got so many chains in my past. i got so many things in my life. Walk up one time to Jesus. Talk about scars. 
Oh, He knows about your scars. He knows about your temptations. The Bible said that He was tempted above all manner. He knows about the things in your life. He knows what you're going through. Oh, fight past your fear. Fight past your scars. You say, well, I want somebody that can come and take away my scars. He can take away your scars. I was sitting in a camp like this several years ago. I was sitting in a camp, and there was a girl that had a suicide spirit on her life and had cut herself. And God had come and cleaned up her life, but she still had the scars on her life from what she'd done. And she sat there and said, Almighty God, you cleaned up my life. You cleaned up my life. Won't you come and take these scars off my life? And she began to praise God. And while she praised God, Almighty God came down and took those scars off of her life where they're never to be seen no more. That's my God. Maybe you went out and you done something. Maybe you put a maybe you put an implant of the devil on your life. Maybe you got yourself a tattoo. I want you to know God's in the business of removing tattoos. There's a man sitting in Virginia today that is sitting there that had these sleeve tattoos. You know what I'm talking about. Had these sleeve tattoos. God come in his life and did a transformation. He did a complete work on his life. He had all these things on his life. And he was so embarrassed about what he did. But he was in a service like this. And God not only cleanses the heart, but He cleanses the outside. And after that service, those sleeve tattoos were removed by the power of Almighty God. Tell me God don't know what you're going through. He can remove every stain in your life. This God is worth praising. He's worth serving this morning. Are you willing to fight for it? Hallelujah. Oh, you may not see wind or you may not see rain down here in this camp today. But I want you to know, just start digging and watch the waters come. You may not see the rush of the Holy Ghost. You may not see it and you may not feel it, but He's here. The water's flowing. Let Him come today. Let a rush of the Holy Ghost come by your life and wash and take away all the cares of this life. Hallelujah. That same rock that was smitten in the wilderness is here today in the form of the Holy Spirit to bring forth waters of life to every hungry, parching soul, sin, sick, or dying in cancer. Whatever you are, God's here. God's here to produce the water of life for you. It's already smitten. It's already running. Dig out your ditch. Throw out all the unbelief. For the Bible said, whosoever will, let him come. Whosoever will, let them come and drink of the waters of life. You see, after the waters, after they dug out those ditches, the waters came. The water is what the kings needed to defeat the enemy. And the kings went on to defeat the Moabites. But not only did they defeat them, they stopped up their wells. They cut down every tree. They marred up their land. And Satan has tried to mar up your life by sin and circumstances. But you go to digging one time. And you go cutting down every high thing. Cut down every good tree. The tree of knowledge and evil. Cut it down. And you start putting a mar on Satan's life. 
The Bible says in Psalms 149.6, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Let them be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings. How many is here is going to bind the kings that have come to destroy your life? Jesus said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Oh God, loose the Holy Ghost across this place today. Let a rush of the Holy Ghost come and fill this tent. Let it come by waves. Let Him move across your life. Let Him brood. Let Him change. You've got to fight for it this morning. The kings have come to fight. When Jesus came to His own earthly ministry, He went to battle immediately against the forces of the enemy. Against the power of darkness and traditions. He faced all manner of oppositions. But the king came to fight. The king was not defeated in death. The king was and is the mighty conqueror. When he went down to hell, the devil said, Oh, I thought I had you when I had Joseph. I thought I had you when I had Abraham. I thought I had you when I had all the other prophets. But finally you're here. You're in my domain now. You're in my domain Jesus said, Satan, my blood's still wet upon the cross of Calvary. And I have come down to take over. He was the mighty conqueror in hell. He was the mighty conqueror on earth. And he's still the great and mighty conqueror here this morning. He will conquer your fear. He will conquer your doubt. He will conquer that complex that you face. My God's greater than a wheelchair. My God's greater than a cot. My God's greater than a stretcher. My God's greater than a headache. My God's greater. But I want to ask you one question, young people. Are you willing to fight for your God-given rights? If you're willing to fight, why don't you say, God, I'm here to fight for the kingdom of God this morning. Hallelujah. He's still the great and mighty conqueror here. Here of God, little children. And have overcome them. Because greater is He. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, greater is He. That is in me. Than He that is in the world. Now look at your neighbor. And say, excuse me. Give me a little bit of elbow room. Well, you need elbow room. I'm making room for my blessing. I need room to praise God. Come on, somebody. Come on. He said praise Him in a temple. Praise Him in a dance. Praise Him on a psaltery and a heart. Praise Him on a loud sounding cymbal. Praise Him on a high sounding cymbal. Now, if you're dead this morning, if you're dead, you're excused from this. But if you're not dead, I'm going to preach to you right here. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. 
If you've got air in your lungs, praise Him. Worship the God of heaven this morning. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hell is defeated. Death is defeated. Fear is conquered. He is here to take over your circumstance this morning. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the honor. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch Him come on the scene. Watch Him come on the scene. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the musicians come. Young people, no matter what you're going through, He's greater than what you're going through. Maybe you need to dig down a little deeper. Dig down a little deeper. Say, God, I come to this camp for such a time as this. He'll never fail you, young people. He's a God that you can trust. He's a God that you can rely on. You know, you know that predators can smell a birth 1,000 times better than a human can. Coyotes can smell a birth a thousand times better. A wolf even greater than that. And the hounds of hell have recognized that there was a birth that took place in this place last night. There was, there was enemies that was defeated. And he smells that there's something that has taken place. You say, Brother Andrew, when is the time for us kings to attack? When is the time for us to attack our enemy? Right now. Right now. I remember in the Bible that there was a king that was sitting underneath a mulberry tree. And he was inquiring of the Lord, when should I go and attack my enemy? He said, when you hear the sound of the mulberry trees, the rushing, I hear today there's a rush in the mulberry trees. Rise up and attack the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise you the Lord. He's greater than your circumstance. He's greater than your depression. He's greater than your wheelchair. He's greater than your scars. He's greater than anything. My God is greater. He's tremendous. Our God is tremendous. How great is our God. Can we sing that? How great is our God.
like to thank the Lord for the victory. The victory. The Holy Spirit has come through this tent today and given us the victory. The kings have fought today and the word is victorious. Can you claim that for yourself? Can you claim that for yourself? Say, Lord, I'm claiming victory. The kings have fought today at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp. And our great king is victorious. Some of us need to learn to fight. We hear messages like this from the general, from the Holy Spirit, the captain of the Lord of hosts. And we sit in a meeting like this. And we go out from here. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the word. But we need to take it down. And work under the impulse. And we need to drive out those enemies ourselves. Long after this meeting is over, we're going to be in a battle. Right during this service, I had just in my heart, in my mind, had an image of, of a, a soldier falling down. And, and we're just going to end this in a prayer. I don't know who it, who it is for. But a soldier that just got beaten down. Here's just a simple prayer. Lord, give me strength to fight. We heard a victorious word this morning. We've heard a glorious message. But you might be a soldier that's down. And you're, you're just the prayers coming out. Lord, give me strength to fight. I, I pray today, Lord, give our young people strength to fight. And we hear a word like this. God's breathing strength in you. To shake off the hounds of hell that's grabbing at your throat. Grabbing at your air. Trying to destroy you. And the Holy Spirit's come down as a great anointing to shake that off. And you can get up and go run. And you're saying, but I'm wounded. I'm hurt. Get up and walk. you got to move. It's the time for the birth. And Satan's coming around to try to distract you and grab those little young ones before they're really birthed by the Word. And we're going to go this afternoon, eat lunch in a moment, and have a day full of activities. Wouldn't it be a shame? If the Lord last night was starting a birth in someone, starting a deliverance, and we just get distracted, who thinks that would be a shame? I believe as brothers and sisters, we need to fight for one another. Hallelujah! In just a few weeks, Brother John will be in Malawi speaking in front of hundreds of young people just like you. And I don't know why, but for the last few weeks... There's just been preparation in my mind. And I've been seeing a lot of over African animals and how the lions come or the wolves come and they grab at little calves or they grab at little young ones and they try to grab their throat and they try to grab at their spine. They, they grab at the tender parts of their life. It's trying to destroy you. And sometimes there can be a great big herd around and around. And it's so amazed me. They'll just kind of stand and watch. And it's amazing. One of their own is being killed right there. But some just get a little strength and they'll start running toward that lion or running toward that enemy. And they'll start, some with horns will start flinging him up in the air. We need to do that this morning. We've got lunch in a few minutes, but sometimes we need to run toward someone that's injured and shake them off. Say, come on, brother. Come on, sister. It's time to be birthed. As young people, this quote of Brother Branham came to me as we were uh, 
Brother Andrew was just opening the service. Brother Branham speaking to a group of young people and come follow me. Coming down from the mountain after the opening of the seals. He said, I remember what was said and especially about the young people. The kings have come to fight and God was given us strength to fight and lift our sword and wave it and be victorious. Maybe as we bow our heads together, is there one of our soldiers here that has been in prayer? And maybe even here in this morning, you hear great preaching like this, anointed preaching, which we need. But is there a soldier that is praying, Lord, give me strength to fight? May this word come down into a deeper level. I want to take that shovel and dig it myself. Dig it down. The preacher prays. The ministry, the leaders here prepared even for this act afternoon's activities but now it's you and I've got to dig deeper down dig deeper down now is there anybody here that says Lord I need strength to fight I want to get up I want to be victorious I want to press forward but I need strength I need strength Lord Heavenly Father throughout this whole building this tent Lord there's young ladies and young men standing as soldiers like an army rising up we need your strength, God. We need your healing balm as we've heard last night and this morning. So gracious words that the King is in the camp. The King is among us. And He's here to fight for us. He's given us a word, given us a sword. We want to take it up and step up into the chariot and ride today. I believe you're giving us a word prepared for tonight, Lord, already. We want to be ready as the great army of God to hear these things and then to live them, Lord. So would you strengthen these brothers and sisters, young people? They've heard this word spoken by our brother Andrew. It's a war cry. It's a battle cry. Hallelujah. And I believe if your prophet was here, he would say the same words. I remember what was said and especially for the young people. Words that are positive. Words that give us power. Words that give us strength. Words that give us healing follow you every day of our life. Lord, may today be a great day of strength for us, Lord. As we're in fellowship and with one another on these grounds that you've blessed us with. Father, may we encourage one another. And if, as Jesus spoke to those around Lazarus' tomb as he's come walking out and the word had been spoken and spoke his name. But may we, Lord, take the grave clothes off of one another as we heard the words of Jesus. Loose him and let him go as we've heard the word. Now may we loose one another and let one another go and walk in liberty and freedom and enjoy of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for everything today, Lord, that's been said. Every visitor, every camper, every counselor, every worker, may you protect us today, Lord, throughout this whole campgrounds. May the glory of God just be rising up and down upon this place. And as we come back again tonight, may you bless our brother Ron Spencer. May the Holy Ghost again breathe through this tent, Lord, and out throughout this property that every person that drives through those gates would have a supernatural experience. Amen, Lord. There's an army rising up. We want to take our orders, Lord, from you and move out now under these great pulsations of faith. Bless our brother Andrew, Lord. Bless him for tomorrow morning, Lord, as he has one more service. 
I pray Brother Andrew would touch the mind of God again for us and speak words of life that would resurrect us into our God-given place. Lord, we want to stand up and be counted as this is our hour. May you give strength to every person, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Go with us now, Lord. We thank you, Father. Amen. Rising up, rising up. There's a New Testament church rising up. Tonight we're going to take an offering. And we want everybody to come prepared. To take, uh, give an offering for the ministry and for the expenses of the camp. Sometimes we see the snack shack and people are paying $4, $5 for a frap or a mocha. We can give an offering to the men of God. Do we agree? And that's part of worship. So let's come if you've got to slip it in your pocket. I've already slipped it in my pocket. Sometimes it takes a little effort. You've got to go to your cabin or go ask, take a loan from somebody. Amen. Put in the offering plate tonight and pay back that person that you loaned from. Amen. Let's sing this song, then we're going to go. And God bless all of you. As I look out across the This whole day today, we're serving God. 
Our goal is to receive the Holy Ghost. We believe in heaven and the kings are fighting here. And we've given ourselves to the Lord Jesus. And you'll find your whole day will be different. That's one thing about a soldier. A successful soldier, they learn to create an atmosphere. A, a victorious atmosphere. So come early this evening. Don't get too wore out or too tired that you can't come prepared. Come early with an offering and come ready to give an a-, a sacrifice of praise. Amen. So God bless all of you. Let's go right to lunch and be prepared. You that want to linger, stay. That's fine, but let's shake hands with one another and encourage one another. We're a mighty army rising up.